0: You know, we look back and it's rather easy at times to celebrate the risen Lord. There's so many different folks who have attested to His resurrection. So as we look back, it's kind of cool to be so excited about what Jesus did for you and for me. But it's hard to shake the feeling If you are standing at a gravesite, even today. You know, whatever the relationship was, it seems over. Death is a normal and a natural part of life. But it still feels so final, so permanent. Christ's followers had that feeling. His disciples were numb. His comrades were running low on the hope meter. They just had a horrible couple of days. It started off really well on that Thursday night when they were enjoying the Seder meal. But all of a sudden, things began to change. They took a trip to a garden, Jesus was arrested. He was kept up all night long. Well, when things got a little bit hot, all the disciples, they scattered. They saw the abuse that Christ suffered. They saw and recognized the horrific treatment. They eventually witnessed the crucifixion. Not only a hard death, but the worst of any kind of death. They saw their friend. Remember, he lived with them for three years. He did everything with Jesus. He was a rabbi. He was the Messiah. He was placed in the grave. Saturday was a really long day. Now yesterday, if if again you're you're just trying to remember a little bit. So bright, so nice. It was, it was amazing. But if you go back 2,000 years ago, Saturday was hard. It was their day of worship. But they had put Jesus in the grave the night before. Dreams seemed to have vanished. And, and death, well, it seemed final. It, it seemed forever. Yes, maybe they were blinded by grief. I get it, right? So overwhelmed. But their memories really did seem short. Jesus did seem to over and over and over and over remind them that this was going to happen. Oh, but there's so much more to this story. And we're going to jump right in, but let's pray first. Father, we meet together as your community, as as your people, just absolutely excited and grateful for what you did for us. We thank you. We thank you for dying, for, for shedding your blood, for taking our place, and we thank you for rising from the dead to offer life abundant and eternal in God, we are so very, very grateful. All over our neighborhood, all over our state, our country, our world, there are people meeting today, celebrating, shouting, shooting off confetti cannons, Father, because you are alive. And we want to say thank you. We pray for all those believers, that their hearts would be encouraged, that they would be strengthened, no matter where they meet, in a small house church or a gigantic cathedral. We know that you are alive, and and we say thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go back a few thousand years. The resurrection story is found in Matthew and Mark and Luke and John. These are Gospels, all written by four different writers, all being able to tell the Jesus story in a different way. In our culture, it would be really nice to be able to have it perfectly chronological. So we could just read one account and just know everything that happened. Well, every one of these disciples, they had a different perspective of God. The Holy Spirit used it perfectly and orchestrated perfectly, but we have to go to all four Gospels in order to be able to get a complete picture. So let me share with you what happened early Sunday morning. Two moms, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and Salome, the mother of James and John, along with Mary Magdalene, head out early in the morning, before sunrise, with spices. They were going to, well, embalm or hide the stink of a decaying body. They didn't have the chance to do that on that Friday night when they laid Jesus into the tomb. But as they were hurrying or scurrying to the tomb, they started talking. You know, normally they'd be so organized. But they asked the question, well, when we get there, who's going to move the stone? I mean, we saw that stone. It's a pretty big stone. Like, how's this going to work? And all of a sudden, the scriptures tell us there is an earthquake. Something so big, something so startling. I don't know if they stopped, I don't know if they fell, but, but they continued their course. And as they got there, there was an angel sitting on the stone, and the guards had fainted. Remember, Rome was a little concerned, so they did put Roman guards there, making sure that nobody would come and steal the body. Well, they were there, When the angel came and these seasoned guards fainted away. So the ladies arrive, all three of them. But Mary Magdalene sees the stone rolled away. She sits down and weeps, literally. But the other two, the two moms, Mary and Salome, they enter the tomb. And if you have your Bibles, you can open up with me to Matthew chapter 28. If not, you can follow along on the screen behind me there. But in Matthew 28, starting at verse 5, all right? Then the angel spoke to the women, these two that were inside. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come, see where his body is lying. And now go quickly and tell the disciples that he is risen from the dead, and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I've told you. The women quickly ran from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. They ran to him, grasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said, don't be afraid. Second time, he said that. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, for they will see me there. Whoa, whoa. These two moms, mourning, despairing, walk in ready to spice up that dead body and there's some angels there, and an angel greets them, and the first thing out of his word, out of his mouth is don 't be afraid he 's not here he 's risen. Go tell the disciples and remember what I just told you. Now, folks, I don't know if this angel looked like an angel. And I'm not even sure what angels look like. All right. Maybe this angel looked rather normal. But this angel was God's messenger. And, and this angel was proclaiming and encouraging these angels two ladies. Can you imagine this? Spices in hand, tears kind of fogging up their eyes. Everything drops. The first thing, don't, don't be afraid. Good, good, good. And then as they look down, the grave clothes are just there. As you can see, he's not here. He is risen. You, go tell the disciples, because right now those disciples are not doing well. I added that last part. But you know it was so funny? I mean, really. At the very end, the angel says this, remember what I just told you. And and again, I don't want to say, duh. You know, it's in the scriptures. I, I understand that, but Nobody has to tell me I'm talking with an angel. Jesus is gone. I don't know what's going on. I have a few words I can remember. Now, sometimes I don't do well, but I'm going to remember this. Yikes! (laughs) At this moment, Mary and Salome run quickly. And as you read all four of the Gospels, these are the adjectives. They leave scared, they leave joyful, they leave trembling, they leave bewildered. And as they're traveling to go tell the other disciples, Jesus meets them. Oh, wow. Can you imagine that? I mean, that's so cool. But if you were Mary, just saw your son abused, didn't even look like a human at the end. I don't know if she does happy dances. I don't know if she fell right down on the ground. And then Salome, another. Mile. Oh, this is so cool. But as we read, Mary Magdalene apparently stayed back. She was weeping. She knew the ladies went in there. I'm not so sure they, she even heard the voice of an angel. But all of a sudden, these two crazy moms go running out of the tomb. She just stays. And the tears are flowing. Remember, Mary was the one who was delivered with all these demons. Her life was literally a mess before she met Jesus. And Jesus not only delivered her, but Jesus gave her life. She was so indebted to Jesus. She loved Jesus with all of her heart and She's not understanding. She heard all this, but she isn't understanding. And she peers over at the open grave. And the Bible tells us that she looks inside. And there's also a heavenly messenger. I guess they didn't leave. And he asks another, well, you would think he knew the answer, but it, it doesn't come across real well. But he goes, Why are you crying, Mary? Why are you crying? Well, he knows why Mary's crying. He does. But the angel is is empathizing, saying, Well, why? Why are you crying? Almost like Jesus was really clear. You don't have to cry. And in... Instead of being comforted, she blurts this out. She goes, "Well, well, they've taken away my Lord. I don't even know where they put him. I don't know if the angel responded. But at that moment, the scriptures tell us that she leaves. She turns to leave. And we're going to jump over to John chapter 7. All right. I'm sorry. John chapter 20. So if you can turn your Bibles again, or you can just listen. John chapter 20, verse 14. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus. But she didn't recognize him. Was it the tears? Was it the last time she saw Jesus? He was so brutally mutilated was he just looking so different but Jesus says this dear woman why are you crying who are you looking for she thought he was the gardener (laughs) not one of the gardeners the gardener, all right? Sir, she said, if you've taken him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will go and get him. At this moment, Jesus says, Mary, Mary. Had to be the way Jesus said it. He had probably said it hundreds of times before, and the scripture says she turned to him and cried out Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher don't cling to me Jesus said for I have yet ascended to the father but go find my brothers and tell them I'm ascending to my father and your father to my God and your God Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them I have seen the Lord I've seen the Lord oh At this moment, we know the scriptures say that there were several women eventually met up with the 11 plus. The message they basically gave these disciples who were, well, maybe afraid, maybe doubtful, maybe mourning. Jesus is alive! The scriptures tell us that it sounded like nine of them thought it was nonsense. We also know that Mary Magdalene went directly to Peter and to John. Now again, whether they all met to these different places, and whether they were staying at all these different places, eventually all these disciples and other followers got the word. But the scriptures say that two got up quickly. Nine thought it was poppycock. All right? Two got up. And ran. It was Peter and John. They must have had a foot race. And they get there. They enter the tomb. They see the grave clothes. And literally two gospel authors say this. After they see the clothes, they turn around and go home. I can't explain it. I can't. These guys had heard But again, this is Easter Sunday. This is a day we're celebrating, right? So far, it's not going well. Every time Jesus shows up, every time, you know, hey, guys, I'm, I'm alive. I'm here. Remember, I told you. I promised you. And now, maybe the two most dedicated of all walk in, see the grave clothes, and go home. Oh, just a bit later, the same day, in Luke 24, you can check this out, two men are walking to Emmaus, right outside of Jerusalem. And Jesus literally strolls up to these men and joins in a conversation. He can see that these men are troubled. He can see they're rather passionate about this conversation. And he says, hey guys, what are you talking about? And they looked at Jesus a little odd. And they said, "Uh, apparently you're the only one in this whole area that doesn't really know what's going on. Jesus of Nazareth, the teacher, the healer. Well, our religious leaders, they crucified him. And people are saying he's alive. We've heard from some women. You know women, but women! Women! They said they met Jesus. Are you kidding me? Could this all be possible? And then all of a sudden, Jesus, and it says that he's not known by these two, Jesus starts explaining about the Messiah all the way through the Older Testament. He starts talking about who the Messiah is, why the Messiah came, that the Messiah literally even had to suffer. All the things that the men saw, Jesus proved from the scriptures. Oh, they're not recognizing Jesus. Then all of a sudden, their eyes were open. And Jesus departs, and the guys look at each other and say, Hey, wasn't that? that was pretty special. I'm telling you, we're walking along, this dude shows up. We knew he was something special. We've never heard anyone open up the scriptures like this. He explained them so clearly. It was special. Jesus. And the Bible says as soon as they understood who this was, they race back and tell all the other disciples it's true. Now you can read through these Gospels but there's one other time at least that Jesus appears but Thomas isn't around. Thomas is one of the disciples. Thomas hears of the report all the guys are saying we met Jesus, we saw Jesus, it was so amazing. Thomas is looking, really? I have heard crazy women. I have heard you guys now. We heard some other disciples who are walking. You know, realistically, unless I see Jesus, unless I put my fingers in his wounds, I'm just not going to believe, guys. I'm sorry. And what does Jesus do? He shows up again he meets jesus he falls down and gasps my lord my master my god jesus keeps showing up confirming he is risen
1: he is risen Three small words that brought the collective pace of humanity to an absolute standstill. He is risen. Three words that shattered prisons. Words that shook the earth's foundations. Words that transformed a sense of utter despair into cries of pure joy and ecstasy. Echoes of history's greatest triumph that still shape our reality. Even today... We're assaulted by constant distraction. Countless sources waging war for our attention, yet three words pierce the noise. In our hunger for validation, our desperate pleas for love and attention, three words calm our anxiety. In a universe spinning at breakneck speed, its inhabitants locked in an existential crisis, three words proclaim the purpose of our existence. He is risen lay hold of this truth, and embrace the peace within. Yesterday, fear reigned in our hearts. Yesterday, we sat in crippling darkness. Yesterday, we suffered abuse and all the accusations of a broken world. But today, our king, our healer, our defender is risen. And this reality doesn't merely accompany us on a meaningless journey. Changes everything. For you see, if he is risen, then all other pursuits become secondary. All of our failures become insignificant. All criticisms and condemnations become irrelevant. There is only his word, his mission and his infinite, unconditional love for you. Because he is risen, we look to tomorrow. Tomorrow we will stop defining our worth through status and social media. Tomorrow we will together build an everlasting kingdom. Tomorrow and every day after, we will dance in the radiance of a redeeming Savior who crushed death and set us free. There is nothing that Jesus cannot overcome. We know this because he lives. We know this because he is risen.
0: The words over and over and over again to these disciples during the first century. He is risen. It didn't sink in. But the scriptures tell us that over 500 witnesses saw Jesus alive. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting in verses 3, reading through verse 7. The apostle Paul, who was totally transformed when he met Jesus, the Apostle Paul, who was out to kill Christians, met a man that changed his life. He writes this, Christ died for our sins, just as the Scripture said. He was buried, and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the Scripture said. He was seen by Peter, and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, although some have died. Then he was seen by James, and later by all the apostles. The good news is that everything is now in place for all people to be reconciled to God. Remember, this all started back in a garden, way back on page one of the Bible, when when God created a perfect environment and a perfect earth and put Adam and Eve in that garden. And he did that so that he might have an unbelievable relationship with them. But they chose to disobey. And when they disobeyed, they broke the relationship they had with a holy God. A God that, well, it's hard to understand. Sin separates us. So when Jesus came and he spread his arms and he spilt his blood, he redeemed. He helped reconcile a relationship that was broken to everyone who believes. You see, God's redemptive plan had been accomplished and the good news was ready to be shared to all of the world by a group of ordinary men and people, or men and women. So before Jesus returns to his Father, at the very end of Matthew... He takes his disciples on one last mountain retreat where he shares the mission and a promise. It's called the Great Commission. And it's found in Matthew chapter 28. But these were some of Christ's last words to those who knew that he was alive and the gospel was clear. He said this, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and in earth. Therefore, as you go, as you live your life, make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commandments I've given you and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He said, make disciples. Help people on their journey. Understand in an up In an in and an out way. Help them understand who I am. In and up. Help them understand how big, how gracious, how wonderful. How much I love them. How merciful I am. And how much I want a relationship with everyone. Help them on their journey of in. In to encourage those part of the church, part of the community of God, part of God's family in their journey and help them be bold in their witness and their testimony to those who aren't yet redeemed. Those who might be checking out, well, this God and a relationship with God. There are some events right now in our church, and, and if you look in your bulletin, and, and I understand we did run out of bulletins, and, and I'm sorry about that, but we can get you these sheets. But there is a handout, and it's a, actually a crib. There's a couple handouts, but, but the one I'm referring to is just called Crossway Church. And in that handout, What we're trying to help you understand is we as a church want to be able to walk with you on a journey so that you might be able to understand who God is and you might be able to experience some rich fellowship with other parts of the community and that you might be bold in your witness, that you might be salt and light in your world. We call that koinonia. We call that fellowship. And if you read through this, and, and I know you won't have time to do it now, and you can take it, take it home with you. But one of the things we're trying to do is connect people well. Because we know that you can't do this journey without. So we have an amazing God but as we learn together, one of the first ways that you'll be able to get connected is called a missional community. And our first missional community, and you can read about it, is going to happen on May 18th. And we want to invite you back for that unbelievable time of eating together, of encouraging one another, and strengthening, getting to know the church. There's also a bunch of life groups You may not even be part of a life group, may not even see it as necessary, but what we want to do is share with you and offer things to you that you can do life with others. All different scenarios and situations. And then even on the back, you'll see some classes that will help you on the journey and walk with you through different stages in your life. My email is on the very bottom, in the back. And we would love to help you get connected. We'd love to talk with you specifically. We'd love to encourage you. We're not going to make you. But we know it's important. So if this is something, again, as you recognize Jesus' last words, go make disciples. Teach them to obey all of my my word. I've got so much to offer them. Once they understand it, there'll be salt and light. We also, in just a few weeks, on May 5th, we are going to have a baptismal service. That might sound like the craziest thing to some of you. People getting dunked. It's a beautiful way for those who have come to faith to be able to say publicly, I identify with Jesus. When he died on the cross, he took my place. And I have been resurrected to life because of my faith, because I put my trust in what Jesus did. You may want to be part of that celebration. Again, you can contact me or anyone else who has a name tag on. We would love to be able to take down your information and follow up. But what we want you to know more than anything is that even today, there might be some folks that are saying, I've never heard about this Jesus, at least in this way. I see you guys celebrating. You're shooting confetti cannons around. What is going on here? We're pretty excited we are. And maybe after the service, even though it's Easter, and I know that, but, but maybe you'd like someone to pray with you. And, and we've got a prayer team. I'll be right up here in front, and, and we'll just take a moment. But if, if you'd like that, we would love to pray with you. Now, as we kind of wrap this up, just a, a few things that we might be able to encourage you to remember. First of all, God does love all he loves. We don't always understand, but, but God is so creative and he pursues us. Jesus came because of God's love and paid our debt, our penalty. And each one here and everyone in our whole world actually can have life. We have been reconciled. We have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. It's hard to believe. Actually, it was hard for those disciples in that first century to believe. They kept hearing it, but it was so hard. They were warned about it, but it was so hard to actually see. My encouragement to you is Jesus is alive. He wants to live and walk with you. He wants to give you abundant life and someday when you shut your eyes, spend eternity with Him. It's Easter. Now, I'd love to have you come back and join us each Sunday for worship. And and if you do return, just so you know, we've kind of gone out of order in our story of the Bible. So next week, again, we're going to focus on how God so loved our world by sending His Son. I'm going to close just reminding you again of the amazing Redeemer we have. We're going to praise a couple more songs and leave on such a high note Hearts overwhelmed and filled because of the Redeemer. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you, Lord, that you loved us enough in spite of our rebelliousness, in spite of our sin. You loved us enough. You not only redeemed us, but you reconciled us. You've given us a Holy Spirit. You've given us the opportunity to be able to live life to the fullest right now. To be salt and light in our world. And point people to the hope that we have in you. The message that you are risen. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.